Okay, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins, on a victory Monday here to recap the Chiefs' big, big, big win yesterday on the West Coast, 44-23 over the San Francisco 49ers, joined as always by Johnny Rowe and Blaine Wheeler. Boys, awesome to have you in here. Let's grab your thoughts first. My thoughts uh, on the game, um, interesting first quarter. But from then on, an absolute Chiefs domination. I absolutely love what I saw yesterday. The defense flew around and made some plays. All of a sudden, the pass rush came alive because that first 15, 20 minutes, there was no pass rush, and I was very worried. But they definitely dialed some things up at halftime and implemented them in the second half, and it proved to be just too much for the Niners. Uh, Blaine, let's start with you, buddy. Your thoughts on the game yesterday? I got no, I mean, I got nothing, but we'll get into some things, but I got nothing but good things to say about it. That was so fun. That is arguably the most fun I've had watching a Chiefs game in my years of Chiefs fandom, just because it wasn't close after half. You could enjoy the dominance. You knew you were playing a good team. I was so nervous going into it. It was needed so bad before the bye. Just everything compiled on. I was just smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> I have been all day. It was awesome. Johnny? Oh, yeah. I mean, what a great day this has been. Winning is so amazing. Uh, and you just can't get enough of it, especially in football, because losing hurts that much. Um, so, yeah. great game. Really, though, guys, like, never a doubt. I mean, even when they're down 10 nothing, I mean, there, there's so many stats to talk about with, with this team. They're so resilient, the comeback kids. And when they're down 10 nothing, like, they don't even flinch. And as a fan, after seeing it for so long, like, I, I truthfully don't either. And it's almost like they're better when they're, they're down 10-plus 10, 10 points. Mahomes has a turnover. Sky Morris fumbling another punt. It's just like, it doesn't matter. All of that said, and they still put up 40-plus. This team fucking rocks. Yeah, and to allude to that point, Johnny, I, it's weird for me because Blaine and I are typically more on the worried side than Johnny. But, like, when we're down 10-0, I'm, like, calm and fine in terms of, okay, I know that we are going to do something to turn it around. I think only the Titans game have we gotten of last year in the regular season was one – maybe the only one of Mahomes' career where, like, it just wasn't happening. Um, and I think that that is kind of where some of those emotions come into play when we're down 10. It's kind of, in my mind anyway, it's like, wait, is this going to be the time where we can't get back on track? Because it's almost just superhuman at this point that it is it, – Johnny's completely right. It, it It's weird that this team is better when they're down big. I mean, two scores in the NFL is a lot of points, and even 10-0, um, a lot of confidence in this team, starting with this guy, Patrick Mahomes, 25 of 34, 423 yards and three touchdowns. He had a pick that was an ill-advised throw, but also just a phenomenal play um, by uh, Mufonga, right? I'm saying that correctly, I believe. Uh, unbelievable diving interception. It was just good defense and the tip drill. Uh, but Pat also, that was double coverage, and he really kind of forced one to Sky Moore there, which ended up being his only uh, target of the game due to his special teams blunder, which thank God that didn't come back to bite us in the ass because we could have had a very different conversation and started off very differently had Sky Moore's fumble, uh, muff punt, uh, turned into points for the Niners. But 
I digress. Chiefs offense clicking on all cylinders. Um, Johnny, maybe your takeaway from what you saw from Mahomes in the offense. Yeah, and let me tie in a thought about what you were just saying. Did you guys see the report? Like, I think Andy was saying this in his media availability. Actually, like this, the route was not ran properly by Sky Moore. Like it, it, it was a little too deep and maybe not flattened enough. And then him and Mahomes talked on the sideline and got that corrected right away. And and it's been a tough go. Uh, a lot of mistakes from Sky Moore so far. I'm I'm still super confident in him, um, especially with this organization in this locker room. You know, like, it'd be really easy to, like, let the kid get down. It'd be really easy to make his mistakes, like, bigger than they are. But everyone else just picks up the slack and moves forward. And I'm still very confident what Sky Moore can bring to this team uh, going forward. And then, yeah, the punt that he dropped was just so ridiculous again, feeling the ball inside the 10. Credit to the uh, special teams for the 49ers was a sick punt. I mean, it just dropped out of the sky. Uh, No pun intended, but – yeah, he just got to – they need to build his confidence up more, and, and and I am confident they will do that. On the offensive side for the Chiefs, it was just amazing. This is the third time they've scored 40 points this season. No other team has done that more than once, and it hasn't happened very often because scoring around the league is down. No Tyreek Hill on this team. It, it just continues to be proven that that doesn't matter. This offense is so much fun to watch when they're clicking. They averaged over 12 yards per completion. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling was awesome. Juju was awesome. The guys that they brought in, these veterans that nobody else wanted, doesn't matter because 15 is incredible. Patrick is amazing, you guys. And it's like the most confident I am in the Chiefs is when they're down 10 points on the road. Like this team is amazing on the road, too. And so um, you can't say enough about them. I saw one really good stat from Adam Teicher, who writes for. Uh, ESPN and covers the Chiefs, but he's an absolute booger. Um, but this <laughs> is a good stat. Uh, Juju and MVS are the first Chiefs wide receiving combo to have over 100 yards in a game since 2000. So Sammy Watkins and Tyreek never did. You know, uh, like Tyreek and Jeremy Macklin in the games they played together never did that. Yeah. So that's a really that's a really cool stat. And just for the Chiefs junkies like us, this was the the pairing. In 2000, Sylvester Morris and Derek Alexander combined for over 100 yards receiving. Tony G also had 100, 100 yards receiving that game. The quarterback was Elvis Gerbach, who threw for 504 yards, which is a Chiefs record. <laughs> and the Chiefs lost the game in Oakland 49 to 31. So we've come a long way as Chiefs fans, and we deserve every bit of what this offense gives us right now, Blaine. I absolutely love it. I mean, this offense, the efficiency after that interception was unlike anything really anybody's seen on a national level against a defense of that magnitude. It was that good everywhere you looked. I was looking, and I was like, man, I I feel like they scored every time they got the ball. And after that interception, they did, besides – Harrison Butker's missed field goal. That was because of that horrible chop block call that they scored a touchdown on, which then pushed back to be the missed field goal. And then later in the game, it was a punt because Chad Henney was your quarterback. They scored a touchdown on every other drive. They had the football. One, two, three, four, five, six of seven straight touchdowns besides that missed field goal by Butker. 
unbelievable. Unbelievable. And when you look at it too, I was like, man, I feel like they did see some third and longs throughout the game, but they really only saw those two. That third and 11, that was huge, the MVS, and that third and 20 from McKinnon. Those were the only two third and longs they saw because they were so efficient on first and second down, thus able them to have nine play, 10 play, eight play, 10 play drives throughout the entire thing. And it was a masterpiece, baby. It was insane. I mean, six for nine on third down. I don't care who you're playing. If the Niners were six for nine against us, I think they probably win this game. That is an incredible efficiency rate on third down. I cannot get over that. Um, and Blaine rattled off some good stats. Blaine and so. Yeah, and the two times they saw those third downs, those third and longs, one was because of a holding penalty, and the other was because yeah. of a Bosa sack. Like, that's okay. Like, I, I guess you never want a holding, and Bosa was going to get his, but at least it wasn't because your offense couldn't do anything for two downs before. And that's that's two weeks in a row that we've had games where we score touchdowns and called back for flags. And yesterday we had two. We could have had even more points on this board, and we still scored forty four. Johnny, you got something to say? What's up, brother? So fired up, Blaine, and yeah, kudos to you. Um, if any of the listeners, of course, on the Wednesday podcast when we talked about the Chiefs game, but on our Friday radio when Blaine and I were. Uh, going through the games and talking about the Chiefs specifically, right? I mean, Blaine's hammering the table about got to have third and manageable because of how many third and longs the Chiefs had. Just to reiterate that point, it was so huge. The running the running game didn't do anything insane, but as a to- as a as a unit, they ran for over a hundred yards. And against the Bills, they only ran for forty three. So like that, that's all we're asking for. And uh, it was just awesome to see from these guys. And and guys, we got to talk about that screenplay. I mean, that's just Andy Reid in his in his bag. Um, and I, I made this point in the group text: like, there's been speculation about who's calling the plays or if they're splitting duties. EB did not dial up that screen. That is Andy Reid written all over it. And if you've got Twitter, Jeff Schwartz really broke down like a four or five minute video of that entire play. It's football pornography and perfection to the slightest of details and that was another one of those backbreakers like Blaine was saying for this 49ers defense and guys every time the Chiefs play it seems like they're playing against the number one defense in the league and why does that keep changing because the Chiefs keep putting points on the number one defense and and they have to crown a new number one defense every week that was just so much fun to watch in all phases um, and excited to keep going yeah my my final point um, a play that I don't think I mean, if you watch the game, it was a, a gigantic play, but I think it'll be overshadowed by some of the touchdowns that we scored yesterday. Um, I had te- We had texted back and forth about it. Um, teams really started to challenge these Chiefs wide receivers, and I think I had made a point in the group text about how I truly don't believe that teams respect Mahomes' ability to throw the ball deep down the field. That third and 12, I want to say, to MVS – where absolutely, first off, torched Charvarius. We've seen that a time or two in Chiefs Red with us on defense just getting blown by. Great to see that happen to him yesterday. He, I don't think he played very well. I don't know what his numbers were exactly, but if, just off the eye test, great to see him play bad. That's Blaine's boy getting torched on the field yesterday at Levi Stadium. But um, I think that not only did that, did that deep pass to MVS pay dividends in the football game, I think that pays huge dividends going forward with what teams are going to have to do defensively. Not only are they now going to be seeing the ability that MBS has to go down the field, 
but also the ability that Patrick has to put the ball out there when he needs to do it. Um, it's on film the rest of the year. So I think that that is going to pay huge dividends moving forward. Blaine, final point. It was 28-23. This was my final point, too. I, that was after the Kittles touchdown. Yeah. We're backed up third and 11, third and 12, whatever it was, like you said. If you don't convert that third down, that game it looks tremendously different. The Kansas City Chiefs, I'm not saying they might lose because of how good the defense looked late, but if San Francisco scores there. They're up 30-28, and it's a completely different game. So, I mean, that that play was just a chef kiss to the bye week going into everything. And like you said, gives them momentum going forward. Huge, huge. Yeah, that throw, just ice and veins moment right there from Patrick Mahomes. God, I could keep talking about this offense all day. Johnny made a good point about the rushing attack. Just wanted to give the numbers on that um, and make some silly point. 21 carries for 112 yards. Really should be 115, though, because Chad Henney rushed the ball three times for negative three yards. So that's kind of bush late that they take that away from us. But um, uh, final point on the offense where we go over the defensive side of the ball, which I can't wait to talk about, guys, McCole Hardman. Uh, I He stinks, but what a day, son. You find the end zone, two carries for 28 yards and two touchdowns. McCole, that's all we've ever asked of you. You're the one who's been putting all these damn expectations on yourself, acting like a you-know-what out there, and just uh, good to have him back, good to have him see him in a role that he can flourish in. He keeps doing that. I don't see how defense to stop us. Speaking of defense, let's flip over. Awesome day from this defense. Uh, backs against the wall early, given the turnover, down 10 late – or, excuse me, early. Um just good to see. I think this was a huge growth game for this defense. Um, still banged up without McDuffie, but the cornerbacks, I thought, settled into the game very, very nicely. Uh, can't wait to hear what the boys say about that. But uh, just an overall really good performance. I mean, look, I'm looking right here. Half a sack, half a sack, half a sack, one and a half sacks. Four different guys back there on Jimmy G. And he was getting pressured more than he was sacked. Um, so that was awesome to see blitzing from all different levels. Um, the D line active, Chris Jones rushing from the edge, just burning. I think that was McGlinchey. I'm pretty sure he lined up on the right tackle, uh, burned Jimmy or just, it was just amazing to see this defense was awesome yesterday. Blaine, maybe your thoughts from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you made plays when you had to, and especially there late, it was just a Frank Clark. Give me Frank Clark. Who are you? Who, yeah. You know, like seeing that, that is, I mean, his confidence after he's chirping Trent Williams via Twitter after the game. Like, I don't want to say he's back because he's not, but that was my takeaway from the game. Like, holy cow, Frank Clark made a play the first time in two years. I didn't even realize he play. was playing for the first 40 minutes of the game. Yeah. But concerning mo concerning moment, though, I mean, he wasn't. And a lot of the D-line wasn't. You said it at the start of the podcast that this defensive line, we text in the chat, was bad. There was zero pass rush early. And I'm 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 very glad they were able to dial it up because that was the difference of this football game. I wonder okay, here's a good question for you guys, and let's get Johnny's answer first. Like, and maybe I should know the answer to this, and I really guess I don't, but like what what is it what what changes for a D line to to just all of a sudden because you're going against the same guys and up front you only have a few twists and stunts. You can't really add much into the D line's game plan in terms of halftime adjustments. I mean, it's you're going forward. That's that's the game plan for the D-line. 
So, Johnny, what do you think? You think leadership? You think attitude? You think a mix? What do you, What do you think, baby? Because I mean, it flipped the game completely around. Yeah, I know exactly what I'm going to say for this. So, on the pod and on the radio, you guys usually give keys. I one of the keys that I was really looking at. I kept saying like weather the storm, right? This is a team that's going to be able to run uh, in the 49ers. If you can just be competent, bend, not break against a team like that and force Jimmy to beat you, like that's going to put you at, at, a, at a huge advantage. They only ran for 101 total yards. And like, that's not the recipe for success for the 49ers. And it was obvious. Jimmy was not very good. He had some, some good throws, but there was some big moments by Jimmy and that led to the, the this loss for the 49ers. And I have this, uh, like, DraftKings fan duel-centered, like, daily fantasy website that I use. Um, but they give a lot of in-depth stats. And one of the things that they talk about, they had this guy whose sole purpose is to tell you some of the biggest mismatches in offense and defensive line play. Besides Trent Williams, this 49ers offensive line is not very good. They can run block, but especially in pass pro, they're not very good. And it was on display. I mean, yeah, we talk about Frank Clark had a great game. Both He had a sack and a half. The safety was against Trent Williams, but the other half sack was just because protection broke down on the outside and Jimmy just stepped right into the sack. So it's like, it was, I am not raving too much about the defensive line, um, like, my opinion has not fully changed about them, but this was just a perfect recipe for them to have a lot of success game script wise, because the game was put into Jimmy's hands, right? Not very mobile. If you, if you cover decently downfield, you have chances to get sacks and that's what they did. And before I kick it back to you guys, I wanted to point out one person though, on this defensive line, he has not gotten the sack numbers, but I watch George Karloftis a lot and I'm really liking what he is doing. He had a couple of tackles, But what I really liked was he batted a pass down, which is what they liked about him um, at Purdue. But there was a play. They converted the third down, the 49ers did. But Karloftis laid a lick on Jimmy G. He hit him hard. And you just know, like, that stuff bothers Jimmy. And so I I liked what I saw from these guys. But the main thing is that they uh, they were able to be competent against the run. Early on, they were getting gashed, but throughout the rest of the game, they did a good job, put the ball in Jimmy's hands, and you saw what happened. Yeah, and I think we we talked about this yesterday. An unsung hero up front right now is Carlos Dunlap. Um, he's, his numbers are not going to show up in the box score. I mean, he had two total tackles. He had a solo and a TFL, which is pretty nice. But um, he, I just think he's providing some sort of presence, and this kind of goes into my leadership point. When you have guys like Chris Jones and Carlos Dunlap who have been in situations, big situations. I mean, Dunlap's probably a Super Bowl champion. I bet he was on that Seahawks team when they won, right? I mean, if if not, he you I know think so. I mean, yeah. he's been on he's been around that pedigree before. Um, just an awesome guy to bring in. You know, we talked about it. I think in last week's episode, maybe on after the loss to Buffalo about Beach's Beach bringing in um, veteran defensive linemen that have really helped this team. And Dunlop could be the next guy in that line of of succession, I guess you can call it, because it was Terrell Suggs, uh, Terrell Suggs, Melvin Ingram, and now Carlos Dunlap. So good to see um, him step into that role. 
Uh, let's talk about the secondary, Blaine. Turn it over to you for sure because you're kind of you kind of been our resident secondary guy. Uh, Juan Thornhill, man, what a day yesterday! Led yeah, the team he, in tackles. Go ahead. Yeah, he had a great game. I I want to first say, I mean, you know why this defensive line was good is because ninety five was unblockable. Mm-hmm. Unfreaking believable. Two sacks, that strip fumble. They moved him to the outside later in the game quite a bit more because he was seeing so many double teams stunted around and we're able to move some things up on the defensive line. And he said in his post-game press conference that they just play better when they're behind. You've seen it throughout their entire career. Um, and, and Chris's career and the Steel Lions career, when they're behind, they just do but make more plays. They get after it. They pin their ears back. But Regardless, secondary, you know, I did think Juan Thornhill had a good game. I saw some people calling out Justin Reed about um, he made a few plays where he took some bad angles, but he also made some plays where, um, you know, I'm just so glad to have that guy instead of Tyron Matthew this year. As I was watching that game, um, the the safeties played well. And then just Joshua Williams getting a pick, giving a lot of confidence to the guy in this young secondary. They didn't play great. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that they did because, I mean, Frankly, they gave up a shit ton of yards for this offense, but bended and didn't break. Got to be better in spots, but I think it all comes down to the D-line. A good D-line creates a good secondary. Yeah, and you know what? I think uh, this kind of goes into Johnny's point about George Karloftis. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but he's rushing a lot from the inside and getting that pressure. That is allowing Chris Jones to step out and get off the edge where he's almost unblockable. I mean, that is a huge role for a rookie, Johnny, to be able to do that. Yeah, I really like Karloftis, man. Just like that relentless motor is really cool. And I, you know, I, I've talked to some people who have been like, oh, he doesn't have any sacks yet and all this stuff. I mean, so a lot of the time, like, that stuff gets me pissed off because it's like six or seven games into the season. Like, come on. Like, you know, if George Karloftis is two years into his Chiefs career, two years into a professional weight room and nutrition routine, two years with Chris Jones and these other veterans, and, and, and he's still not getting to the quarterback, then yeah, I'll be really concerned. But all the – I mean, he's he's causing disruption in there, moving guys like Jimmy off the spot. And, like, to me as a rookie, that's great. And, you know, before the, before the season, we were like, you know, if he's only got, like, two or three sacks, like, that might be concerning. And, 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 to, and I was, you know, a part of that conversation too. And, like, maybe that was maybe, – maybe that's how it's going to end up. Maybe he goes on a little bit of a run here. But whatever he's doing for this team right now is – is something that I really like. Blaine, great, great uh, point about Joshua Williams bouncing back after, you know, being thrust into a role that he probably didn't see himself in but when he was drafted, having to guard Diggs and um, uh, Gabe Davis. And then he comes back here and, you know, there was like, not the best game of his life, but he had an interception and he made a, had a pass defense and a couple other good plays. So kudos to him. And it just feels really good going into the bye with this win, with that performance, get healthy. And like I said before, um, including the bye, four out of the next five weeks, the Chiefs are going to be in Kansas City. And if they're not in Kansas City, if they're going back to where they're at, they're going to be home, technically, wherever their home is, uh, four out of the next five weeks, man. So it really shapes up for a lot of exciting stuff going forward. Yeah. Um, awesome win. I don't think I have much more to say. Blaine, do you have a final point? I tweeted this because it had, like it just had to be safe. First off, Ladarius Sneed was great. There was a few plays where he came downhill, made some big tackles. But that one possession, I, I'm trying to look through here and see where it was. But Nick Bolton single-handedly forced San Francisco to kick a field goal on that pass, pass deflection and run stop off a of blitz, back-to-back mm. plays. I don't know if you guys – 
do remember that, but one of the best series I've seen out of a linebacker all year. Having him paired with Willie Gay. We talked about that. Having Willie Gay back there lets Bolton get more into that natural position that he was in, that he should be in. And I just think those guys are, those guys are awesome because when you have those two guys on the field, it lets Spagnolo, a guy who loves having a lot of defensive backs on the field, get into nickel and he loves getting into nickel. And if you pull, you know, Bolton off the field for a play or you pull Gay off the field for a play. He loves getting into dime as well. He loves throwing Brian Cook out there in dime. He loves that's why he puts Sorensen on the field all the time. Like he just loves to mix and match player personnel. And having Willie Gay out there is is just huge. So yeah, Blaine, good point. Big Willie Gay sack too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome Willie Gay sack. And for being out four weeks in a row. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, you're, I know you're training, but that's still four weeks without playing in the game to be the third leading tackler on the team. I mean, come on, guys. This guy's an absolute stud. Cannot wait for this next week. Chiefs on the bye. Be able to sit back and relax and not have to worry about who wins and, lo- who wins and loses. And we'll be back ready to go for week nine or week eight is when the Chiefs. No, week nine is when the Chiefs will be will be back in action. Wow, that's weird to say. Johnny Blaine, any final thoughts before we uh, before we wrap it up? Yeah, really quick, and it won't it won't lead to more discussion. I love how much this this team is centered around that word team. If you look at all of the social media posts from these guys, it's all about team. Carl Office's most recent Instagram post, all about team. Mahomes, team win. They're 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 all buddy buddy. There's the reports about Mahomes, Juju, Travis, and MVS playing Call of Duty together, like little stuff like that, like and. And the locker room video that the team is putting out, I just love how team-centered this organization is, especially coming after a loss against the Bills where they knew the media would cover it a bunch. It just feels so good going into the bye with how centered on team these guys are. And maybe that has something to do with uh, a player who now plays in Miami not being in that locker room, but I won't get into that. It was awesome, guys. Chiefs win big. They go to 5-2, to 44-23 over the San Francisco 49ers yesterday afternoon. Awesome time. Awesome episode, boys. I appreciate you guys a lot. We will be back Wednesday, NFL Week 8, right around the corner, Bland. Hope you're ready. Talk to you guys later. See you guys.